Due to COVID-19, this podcast has been recorded remotely. We therefore apologise in advance for issues in relation to sound quality. However, we hope you find the episode useful and thank you for listening. Welcome to the Hayes Worldwide Leadership Insights Podcast. In this series, I'll be talking to business leaders from across the world of work who will be sharing their expertise to help you effectively lead your business, both now and in the future. The COVID-19 pandemic has substantially impacted the B2B marketing industry. According to research, 78% of marketeers believe that communicating value is an essential priority this year, making it absolutely crucial for leaders to innovate and come up with new approaches in order to guide their businesses and employees through this difficult time and beyond. Today, we're joined by Stacey Danheiser and Dr. Simon Kelly, principals of Shake Marketing Group and co-authors of the book Valueology and the forthcoming book, Standout Marketing. They are here to share their expert advice on how B2B marketing leaders can support their teams and organizations in order to thrive in the new era of work. To begin with, please could you introduce yourself to our listeners? And Stacey, if we could begin with you, that would be great. Yes, hello. Well, I'm happy to be here. I am Stacey Danheiser. I'm the founder and CMO of Shake Marketing Group. Uh, we help organizations become more customer-focused through customer research, value proposition development, and customer-centric marketing strategies. Prior to Shake, I spent 14 years in corporate marketing, working for several Fortune 500 companies in both B2B and B2C. Thanks very much, Stacey. And Simon, how about you? Could you let us know a little bit about your background and your current role? Yeah, I'm the principal of Shake Marketing, where I help primarily B2B organizations grow, uh, really by helping them develop more powerful value propositions that help them stand out for their customers and ahead of the competitors. For my sins, I'm also a lecturer in marketing sales at the University of York, so I call myself a pracademic. Got about 35 years in total experience in working in industry for and with businesses. Uh, in the past, I've led B2B marketing at BT, and I've worked in the US running North American marketing for a telecoms company there. Do you think that customer expectations and behaviours have changed fundamentally for good as a result of the pandemic? And how is this impacting marketing functions? Mm, yeah, that's, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, we started to contemplate this question around about three or four weeks into the pandemic when we were getting bombarded with all this blah, 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 new normal, this new normal, that. And we sort of really wanted to understand more what it really felt like for marketing and sales leaders in this COVID world and, and what their sort of thoughts about what the future might hold for business to business marketing and selling. So we went out to do some research. We did depth interviews with uh, sales and marketing leaders. We did a survey. Uh, we also talked to our clients uh, and ex-colleagues and friends who are marketeers and salespeople. To a large extent, our findings amplified the need to go back to marketing basics, um, marketing 101, if you like, um, because customers have become even more intolerant to irrelevant, com uh, irrelevant communications from companies because Everybody's on Zoom calls or team calls the whole time. Life's very fraught. And it's 
really amplified the need, therefore, for companies to develop marketing communications, products, and solutions that are relevant and differentiated so that customers can easily see what's going to help them. So it really means that marketeers have got to deeply understand what it is that customers value and what they're looking for. During this time as well, I think uh, we also witnessed the, the rise of Black Lives Matter and other movements. And marketeers that we spoke to really think that this has put a premium on authenticity. You, you have to be able to walk the talk. I mean, for example, a, a vice president of fintech who we spoke to said, you can't just slap something on your website any longer and expect people to believe it if you don't live it. And, you know, you, you may have seen this certainly quite well-known case where a university social media manager resigned his position because he felt uh, the university were putting images of their support for Black Lives Matter, uh, which weren't authentic. So the days of greenwashing, claiming you're green when you're actually not, or claiming that you support a thing that you don't actually do, uh, are gone as far as uh, marketeers are concerned. So it's all about authenticity. Thank you. And what specific challenges do you think that B2B marketing leaders have faced over the last few months and how have they overcome these? Well, I think they're still living with, through some of this, as, as, as we, we probably know. But, you know, the, the first thing that they've probably found out straight away is, is that different customers have got different fortunes, well, dramatically different fortunes. I mean, at one end of the extreme, you can talk about airline companies and you can contrast those with uh, cloud communication companies or video communication companies or even people that supply PPE um, whose fortunes really clearly were on the rise because of this misfortune. The contrast is clearly mirrored on the supply side. So if you're a CMO for an airline company, the world looks very different to that of the CMO for a video communications company like, like Zoom. So... If you serve more than one different customer sector or segment, uh, we think like gone are the days of treating everybody the same, what's sometimes called the spray and pray approach. And so, again, we use this word amplify, and we think it's amplified the need for better segmentation. And so I think this has really led to three main things that we found marketeers have focused on. Uh, first of all, refreshing the message to be COVID relevant and in some cases tailored to segments or, or se sectors, depending on how their fortunes were shaping up. And I think focusing on, on being more relevant and authentic as we begin to discuss. And finally, a focus uh, on customer value, as you rightly said in the introduction, 78% uh, of survey respondents said this is a priority, uh, which necessarily means understanding the customer deeply and quite frankly, doing more customer research to understand how the customer's world and their attitudes and beliefs have been changed due to COVID. Thank you very much. That was a very in-depth, detailed answer. Much appreciated. Now, turning to you, Stacey, how do you think the crisis uh, led B2B marketing leaders to reevaluate and reconfigure their marketing strategies? Yeah, well, we we were really interested, as Simon said, in, in figuring out how marketers were responding to this. And we found that there were really three large buckets that marketers were focused on right from the beginning. So the first was, as Simon alluded to, tone and messaging. So 73% of the marketers that we talked to and surveyed said that they had updated their messaging to reflect new sentiments and customer themes. 
this is great. It, it basically forced uh, B2B companies to think about the human side and, and individuals. Obviously, we were all going through this uh, pandemic together, and it made uh, B2B brands a little bit more relatable during that time. The second is the marketing and sales approach. So the, the main driver of this, obviously, is that we couldn't meet in person. Sales all of a sudden wasn't meeting in person, which forced the marketing team to be creative and to help drive customer engagement and conversations and more momentum on that side. Um, we heard from marketers that, you know, all of a sudden the sales team is calling them and responding to them and asking them for help in ways that they had never done before. Of course, you know, on the marketing side, this largely meant that moving everything offline to online. So we saw a huge spike in digital tactics, specifically marketing events, as you guys probably were aware and, and even invited to that marketing events suddenly weren't happening and then they all went virtual or in webinars or online. So um, the other piece to that was a lot of uh, marketing uh, websites were created, landing pages, resource centers that addressed uh, the COVID situation and just how the company was responding to that. And then the third big area was around products and services. So, you know, 40% of the marketers, uh, the B2B marketers that we surveyed said that they had developed a new pricing or packaging strategy. So just taking an existing product and, and packaging it in a different way or being creative with customer service or financial terms. And only 33% said that they had launched a new product or re repositioned an existing one. Largely, the barrier was that the internal organization kind of got in the way, that the marketing team wanted to create something and respond to a customer demand or a customer need. But because of the complexities internally and having to work with so many different departments across the product organization, it was really difficult to get something launched. We saw this happen much, much quicker in B2C organizations with restaurants offering to-go food and beverages, et cetera. Thank you. And do you think there's been a shift from reactive firefighting at the start of the pandemic to more strategic long-term thinking within marketing teams? Yes, definitely. I think that's been an exciting outcome is that, you know, for a long time, marketing is, has been largely focused on tactics and execution. Um, so we've definitely started to see the shift toward more strategic activities. Um, at the beginning, it was all about creating this messaging, we're here for you or we're in it together. Um, but there's still a lot of room for improvement. So for example, only 22% of the marketers that we talked to said that they had done any real customer research. This really has led to you know what we, Simon already called the sea of sameness problem where Everyone is saying the same things about, you know, working from home and we're in this together and we're here for you. So as a customer, B2B and B2C, this has led to a lot of fatigue with messaging and a lot of, you know, almost uh, we just start to ignore it and tune it out as it relates to messaging. And the same thing is happening on the tactical side. So digital fatigue is real both customers and employees are really just tired of being on video calls all day, um, which hasn't really made anybody excited to now sit through like an eight hour virtual event or concert. So this, you know, all in all is forcing marketers to be more strategic, to be more creative, to be more in tune with, you know, ways to cut through the noise there. And how do you think marketing budgets have been affected since the start of the pandemic? And how will this impact B2B marketing in the future? So this is a question we were really interested in when we talked to marketing leaders. 
no surprise, but about 74% said that there was a negative impact short term to their marketing budget. So budgets were frozen. Some of them were cut. Um, some of them kind of operated in a in an environment where they had to get approval for everything. But it's not so bleak on the long-term outlook. Uh, 66% said that they believe there's going to be a neutral or positive outlook in the long-term, which is great. So I think we'll start to see the shift to more uh, useful and higher quality content. So for example, you know, one of the, the trends that we've seen marketing over the, the past several years is around this sort of soundbite marketer um, where we all have extremely short attention spans. And so marketing has been getting shorter and shorter and shorter. But what we've actually found during this time is that while that's, you know, initially true to grab somebody's attention, people want the option to dive deeper. So producing longer forms of content, for example, podcasts obviously have spiked during this time, white papers where there's more depth knowledge, people are looking to get educated. And that's, that's something that's uh, we think will continue to, that will uh, allow companies to stand out and demonstrate their expertise. And then the other piece is just more, I guess, on the tactical side that marketers ha have told us that they've seen their organizations finally see value in some of the programs that they had been trying to get approval on for years. So for example, marketing automation, uh, social media, or doing a social selling program, all of a sudden, the rest of the organization is is finally seeing the value in that and is now approving those budgets to do those those programs that will start to continue. Thanks. And Simon, do you think the perception of the marketing department has changed internally within organizations as a result of the pandemic, particularly from senior business leaders? Well, yeah, if they can claim to have been any upside for COVID, it's it's definitely the fact that it's elevated the role of marketing in, in B2B organisations. And I think, as, as Stacey said, 62% of our survey uh, respondents said that their role is now perceived to be more important. I mean, we've always felt uh, that marketing is about much more than just marketing communications or increasingly, as it's been seen, digital communications. But it really surprised us in some of our interviews, the kind of organizations that were still saying, oh, we're now seeing much more than just events because we can't have face-to-face -face events anymore. So real like blue chip companies where business-to-business -business marketeers were still feeling that they were the events guys. So now's the time to elevate yourselves if, you, if you're a marketing leader uh, or if you're a CMO or leading a team above just collateral and events to become much more than that famed colouring in department, which uh, many B2B marketing teams are sometimes known to be. So go beyond tactical execution, as Stacey said, to a much more strategic place, because after all, it's the CMO and the marketing team that's supposed to drive the decisions around which customers you serve, in which marketplaces, with which products and services, and with what competitive advantage. So uh, that's the strategic place that they need to get to. And many marketeers have said, yes, we're getting much more engagement from our senior lead leadership team and, and much more attention to, to what it is we do beyond the just basic tactical things. So good news from that uh, respect. And Stacey, do you think that the role of the B2B marketing leader has changed as a result of the pandemic? 
know that it's necessarily changed. I mean, if we fundamentally look at what the role of a B2B marketer is, identifying which customers should be served, helping to clarify uh, which offers and products should be served up to them, and then how to communicate and deliver that value. What it has done is, you know, marketing has historically had to fight for a seat at the table. And so, as Simon just mentioned, all of a sudden it's now being elevated and the perceptions internally have changed. So this is all really, really good news for the, the, the B2B marketing leader. But COVID has definitely amplified the need for marketing to have a pulse on the customer, um, the changing needs of the customer and what they value. And what we've found working with clients over the years is, the number one way to get a seat at that table is to have an understanding of customers based on firsthand uh, knowledge, not on culling through data or looking at website statistics or hearing about it from the sales team, but really having authentic conversations with customers and trying to understand kind of what their world is and what's happening um, so that they can ultimately connect better and create programs and content uh, that will that will resonate with that with that customer. So, you know, the biggest thing that's obviously changed with the role is just managing and engaging both employees and customers that aren't in the same room and connecting with customers in a whole new way. So we'll continue to see that evolve. But I think fundamentally, as Simon alluded to, it's back to the basics for the B two B marketing leader, and it really does start with that deep customer understanding. Thank you. Simon, have any brands really stood out for you in terms of their B2B marketing strategy and their ability to cut through the noise? As, as Stacey said earlier, I think we're all very familiar with lots of great business-to-consumer instances, you know, from gin distillers that to flip to producing hand sanitizer, uh, from clothing companies that have moved towards uh, face mask production. And there's this really funky service I've seen where this is like a pen which you can touch to your wall and uh, use it for colour matching services to deal with a spike in demand for home decorating. So some of the things we've seen there, you know, have been very innovative and, and needed to respond to big changes in the markets. But we've seen some things in B2B which does show that there's not always a direct correlation between size and agility. I mean, for example, we know that IBM quickly developed six key offers out of their massive portfolio that, that would stand out as being most relevant in the COVID world. And this included helping turn up services for some organizations who, you know, believe it or not, had never worked remotely before this thing kicked in. Organizations like Palo Alto Networks, who by their own admission, because they provide cloud services, were very fortunate because People were doing things like we're doing now, talking on, on a video and wanted to do it big scale. So people needed their services even more. But they quickly set up a resource center to help customers easily interact with Palo Alto and, and find out how uh, they could help them move into this new environment. And I also like uh, a U.S. company uh, that we spoke to who their prime business was actually tracking people into big events with QR codes so they know who's in an event and who's moving around. And they changed the offer and quickly developed a solution for a Boston construction company to help them keep track of employees uh, who are coming in and out of the uh, construction site to keep it COVID safe. So now some really good examples from different uh, sectors in, in B2B we've seen, yeah. Some great examples, thank you. 
Now, we'd like to end this podcast with a question that we ask all of our guests. What do you think are the three qualities that make a good leader? And crucially, do you think these qualities have changed as a result of the pandemic, Simon? Well, I, I don't think the qualities have changed. I, I think I'd say some have been amplified uh, and I think some have needed to shape to, to fit the COVID context. For example, and this sounds trite in some ways, but leaders should lead the company, not just manage it. So in the context of COVID, this certainly, to me, includes having a vision for how things going forward could change, you know, how these changes could then be used to the advantage of the company uh, or could affect the customer or your own organization. And then going beyond that, providing direction on, on which opportunities uh, your organization needs to exploit and where to change focus, like in some of the examples that we've heard already. I think if you're a marketing and a sales leader, then the responsibility to be the voice of the customer has been heightened because certainly on the sales side at the beginning, uh, there were less interactions, certainly face-to-face. -face. So, you know, it's up to sales and marketing leaders to bring the voice of the customer back inside the organization and make sure that the organization is not just too internally focused or obsessed with their internal world. And, you know, we've had some companies that we've spoken to lately have been very honest and in admitting that they feel that they've turned a little back inwardly and, and have been a bit internally focused. Finally, I mean, authenticity. The thing we talked about authenticity earlier applies to leaders and to organizations. You know, you've got to have empathy with a customer as a whole person in this current climate and for the teams that are working in your uh, organizations. So, so this has been brought to the fore, you know. So this authenticity looks like, to me, having empathy about how COVID's affected the customer's business and offering real help and not just buzzwords on your website. So, you know, if you've got a customer sector that's struggling, then you might want to relieve the payment terms or do something flexible on that side. I and mean, then you need to take account of how customers, employees have had to live their lives during COVID. I mean, we spoke to one organization and gave us really great insight to the fact that in upstate New York, where they were, quite a few of the people who were working from home were, you know, in a high-rise apartment block in a very small room, uh, having lots of discussions on video. So empathy and authenticity, you know, walking the talk as well is, is, is really what it's all about um, by not just communicating uh, things, but showing through your behaviors um, what's important in this environment. That they're the three for me, truly leading the company, the voice of the customer and authenticity stroke empathy wrapped into one. Thank you. And, uh, and Stacey, finally, the same question to you. What do you think are the three qualities that make a good leader? And do you think these qualities have changed since the beginning of the pandemic? First of all, I don't think the qualities have really changed. I think to Simon's point, these have all just been amplified. They've maybe been in the background as a need for a long time. And now it's finally coming to the front that this is really needed to help lead in this new era. But I would say first and foremost is courage. Um, this is something, especially in the marketing function, the marketing team needs to have the courage to be bold, to be creative, to do something different. We've, we've seen this uh, sea of sameness problem happening in a lot of different industries. We've seen it now with COVID. 
And really, it's a result of the fact that marketing teams are not feeling courageous, that they can do something different, um, and that they're willing to take a stand and, and try something or suggest something that might be out of the norm for that industry or for the company. Uh, the second, I would say, is, is clarity. So again, it's marketing's job really to set the vision for the organization and to help set the stage for strategy. And this includes prioritization that not all customer segments are created equal. So it's it's really marketing's job to help uh, get the company focused on a set of, of customer targets. And, you know, we kind of joke that the, the Seth Godin quote, everyone is not your customer, but we see this over and over and over in organizations where they are actually operating, that everyone is their customer. They're so nervous to exclude somebody or to declare that they only work with certain industries or certain types of, of companies. And, and this really uh, needs to be addressed from a marketing standpoint, because you know when the, when the content or programs or conversations are happening and they're not really addressed to a specific person, then it doesn't feel authentic. It doesn't feel like uh, the marketing team or the sales team really understand the customer. And so this goes back to just having a real clarity on who that, that customer profile is, the ideal customer, and, and prioritizing that. And then third, I would say context. Uh, this is, again, uh, the marketing function in particular, understanding the business. Uh, this is you know something that marketing can have a stronger seat at the table by understanding, uh, you know, on the one hand, the customer, but also the connection to the business and how they can help create strategies that will take somebody kind of from that 50,000 foot level all the way down to connecting at the customer level and making it relevant to their world. And so this is marketing, you know, spending more time understanding the financials, understanding what the business is trying to achieve. We've had conversations with marketers where we will ask, you know, what the profitability is of certain customer segments or uh, what the revenue stats are for certain products. And the marketing team just doesn't know. They don't know the answer to that. And so, you know, I would say context there and just understanding the business is, is absolutely critical. So my three are courage, clarity, and context. Thank you both very much for joining us. I really enjoyed having you and um, really value your expert insights into this topic. Great, and thank you. It was a pleasure to be here and to, to share our thoughts. So thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. I'd, I'd echo that. Uh, yeah, it's been really enjoyable uh, speaking to you today. I hope we've provided some useful insights to people. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hayes Worldwide Leadership Insights Podcast. If you found this advice useful, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. At the same time, if you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to reach out to us via email at socialmedia@hayes.com. At